Chapter 41 of Paul, a Herald of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Paul, a Herald of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 41 Ready to be Offered. The little town of Api Forum. 27 miles from Rome, was crowded, as was its wont, with a motley throng of travelers, soldiers, hucksters, bargemen, and idlers of every nationality. Some stood about in the warm March sunshine, gossiping and laughing, over the latest scandal from the city. Others crowded the wine shops and places where hot victuals of all sorts were offered for sale, while others still anxiously watched the great highway, a triumph of human patience and skill, which stretched its broad and solid leagues away through the noisome Pomptine marshes. Before a small tavern on the main road, among other persons who were eagerly awaiting the incoming cohort of Julius, stood a group of five men and two women, their eyes fixed upon a distant cloud of dust, which evidenced the approach of a large body of foot and horse. "'Yes!' cried one of the women, clasping her hands, while the tears streamed down her cheeks. "'It must be that they are coming! But how can we bear to see him in chains?' "'Nay, my Priscilla,' said her companion soothingly, "'let him not find thee in tears. Surely he will need all the cheer and comfort which we can bestow.' Thou art right, my Junia, but see, it is the cohort, and the warm-hearted Priscilla started forward, as if she would have penetrated the serried ranks of legionnaires which now began to file past them. Yes, yes, there he is. See my husband, riding on the mule behind the two horsemen. My God, the chain, and oh, how old and worn! The cohort had come to a halt now, and the prisoners, each manacled to a soldier, and further guarded by a quartinian, were marched into the shelter of a shed nearby. Aquila lost no time in asking permission to speak to the prisoner Paulus, and he was not a little comforted at the readiness with which his request was granted. "'Thou mayst speak with Paulus,' said the centurion courteously and I will also give orders that he be removed to a room in the inn, where he may further refresh himself in your good company. When the worn prisoner found himself once more among them that loved him, he thanked God and took courage. About ten miles further on, at a place called the Three Taverns, a second group of Christians was waiting to bid him welcome, and so along the Appian Way where many a mailed warrior had ridden proudly with his conquering legions to celebrate his triumphs in imperial Rome, came this scarred and wearied veteran, clad in the whole armor of God, the hero of the grandest triumph the world had ever witnessed, to receive the glorious crown of his reward. Past tombs and temples, past snug hamlets and marble palaces, embosomed in trees, past the Alban hills, across the famous viaduct of Erica, through the long rows of suburban villas, through the Porta Capina, 
with its vast arch perpetually dripping with the waters of the aqueduct which flowed above under triumphal arches julius and his prisoners marched on till at length they reached the golden milestone of the forum the heart of the civilized world the center and source of all earthly power and magnificence from this golden milestone radiated the shining roads which bound the distant provinces to the heart of the eternal city and about it clustered the historic buildings of the republic and the glittering courts of the golden house that wondrous palace of the caesars here julius delivered the persons of the prisoners into the charge of burrus the prefect of praetorians by his orders they were at once marched into the barracks of the imperial guard the centurion seemed in no haste to depart though his duty was now ended a word with thee most noble burrus he said before i leave the prisoners in thy charge there is among them a certain aged man named paulus who is innocent of any crime i myself heard his defence before festus and agrippa both of whom pronounced him not guilty but because he appealed to caesar they had no choice but to send him to rome he was first imprisoned in the days of felix through the spite and malice of the jews who hate him consumedly because he is what we call a christian but by all the immortals i swear that he is not only guiltless of any misdemeanor but that he is also a wise just and holy man whereupon he related all the circumstances of the voyage and shipwreck and also concerning the miracles performed among the inhabitants of malta therefore i pray you he said in conclusion show the man what favor you may and give him all the liberty possible under the law he will not abuse it this i can promise thee burris nodded his head understandingly it shall be as thou hast said my good julius i will look to it and so it came to pass that paul was allowed to dwell in lodgings by himself near the barracks the soldiers to whom he was chained also showed him such kindness as they were able and best of all he was permitted to receive his friends freely on the third day after his arrival he sent a message to the chief jews of rome asking them to assemble themselves at his house they came to a man for they were curious to look upon the famous apostate brethren began the prisoner regarding his countrymen with wistful eyes though i have committed no offence against israel nor against the customs of our fathers yet was i delivered chained from jerusalem into the hands of the romans and these when they had examined me would have set me free because i had done nothing worthy of death but when the jews opposed this i was forced to appeal unto caesar not that i had aught to accuse my nation of for this reason therefore i sent for you that i might see and speak with you for the hope of israel i am bound with this chain we have received no letters from judea concerning thee said one simon ben ishmael cautiously nor have any of the brethren who have recently visited us shown or spoken any evil of thee but we desire to hear what thou hast to say concerning this new faith for we know this much that the sect is everywhere spoken against a day was accordingly appointed 
and the Jews flocked in great numbers to the house of Paul, that they might hear him expound the Christian faith. And he preached to them from morning until evening concerning Jesus the Christ, backing up his words with the solemn testimony of the law and of the prophets. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. At the last, when the discussion waxed hot betwixt them, many also mocking at the tale of the crucified Christ, Paul dismissed them with that one weighty word of warning and reproof once uttered by Jesus himself. Well spake the Holy Spirit by Esaias the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, writes Luke, the Jews departed, and had great reasoning among themselves. Then he brings his chronicle to an end with these significant words. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and received all that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Of those years in Rome, there yet remains to us some slight record in the epistles, written to his beloved churches in the Colossae, in Ephesus, and in Philippi. If he could not go to them himself, they were yet willing messengers ready to bear his words of love and wisdom to the faithful in Jesus Christ. And so, though he knew it not, this ambassador in bonds spoke to the church of all the ages. Unto me, he writes, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus our Lord. For this cause I bend my knees before the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able with all saints to comprehend the breadth and length and depth and height thereof, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Seldom in these letters does he refer to his helpless condition, except by way of apology for his barely decipherable signature, which was the token in every epistle. Not once does he bewail the injustice of his imprisonment, nor ask that means shall be taken to bring about his release. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, he writes to the Colossae. Redeeming the time, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. All that concerns me will be made known to you by Tychius, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow-servant in the Lord, whom I have sent to you for this very end, 
that he might learn your state and comfort your hearts. With Osimus, the faithful and beloved brother, your fellow countrymen, they will tell you all that has happened here. The salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. Remember my chain. Grace be with you. What then had happened? Osimus, the fugitive slave, was about to return to Colossae to face the master for whom he had escaped so many years ago. He had followed Paul to Rome and had attached himself to his person in the capacity of a humble attendant. If thou art a slave of the Lord Jesus, he said, let me, I pray thee, be thy slave. And Paul had suffered him that he might the more readily impart to this darkened soul the teachings of the master. But after a year had elapsed, he spoke to him gently of his duty to the master whom he had so grievously wronged. I will write, he said, a letter to Philemon, who also received the glad tidings with joy many years since. He will receive thee from my hand no longer as a slave, but as a brother, which indeed thou hast been and art, even a brother faithful and beloved. Osimus raised his head. His face was white but determined, and his eyes shone with the radiance of a great love. I will do this thing, he said in a low voice, because thou hast bidden me, and if I perish, I perish. Note. The law condemned the fugitive slave to death by crucifixion. End note. Nay, my son, said Paul, laying his chained hand on the bowed head. Thy master will receive thee as he would receive me, in all love and honor, for the sake of him who both died and hath given himself for us, even Christ our Lord. In his quarters near the barracks of the Praetorian Guard, under the very shadow of the Golden House, the aged prisoner could not have failed to hear frequent mention of the shameful and horrible events daily transpiring in that abode of blood and lust. He must have heard of the fatal ascendancy of the adulteress, Popea, whom the Jews now proudly claimed as a proselyte, of the banishment and the murder of the innocent Octavia, the lawful wife of the emperor, before whose tribunal he was soon to stand. But he makes no mention of these historic events in his letter to the Philippians, written at about this time, nor does he allude, except in the most casual manner, to the threatening aspect which his own affairs had assumed, owing to the death of the kind and honest Burrus, and the ascension to power of the infamous Tigellinius. Wherefore, my beloved, he writes, as you have always obeyed me, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things for the sake of good will, without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and guiltless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain, yea, and if my blood be poured forth, I rejoice for myself, and rejoice with you all. And do you likewise rejoice both for yourselves and with me? Toward the close of this epistle, 
are found these significant words, All the saints salute you, especially they that are of Caesar's household. They of Caesar's household, the fierce veterans to whom he was chained, but who also were chained to him during many weary yet blessed hours, the slaves who crept to his feet for comfort and solace, the lowliest of the lowly, despised and downtrodden, beneath the iron heel of infamy, yet brothers beloved and saints of God. Not many days after, the aged prisoner was called before the dread tribunal of Rome. Was he acquitted and released, or was he remanded to his prison there to languish for unknown months and years? We cannot tell. Volume after volume has been written on the subject. Wise men of every creed and nationality have discussed the question in all its varied aspects, but today we can only repeat the words we cannot tell. To Timothy, his dearly beloved son, Paul writes his last word. I adjure thee before God and Jesus Christ, who is about to judge the living and the dead. I adjure thee by his appearing and his kingdom. Proclaim the tidings. Be urgent in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all forbearance and perseverance in teaching. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them who love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come to me speedily, for Damas has forsaken me for the love of this present world, and hath departed to Thessalonica. Crescens is gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. When thou comest, Bring with thee the cloak that I left at Troyes, and the books, but especially the parchments. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Nevertheless, the Lord Jesus stood by me, and strengthened my heart, that by me the heralding of the good tidings might be accomplished in full measure, and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. For an instant, the light shines full upon the heroic figure. Then it disappears forever in the impenetrable mists of the years, but not before we catch the triumphant words of farewell. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil, and shall preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory unto the ages of ages. Amen. End of chapter 41 End of Paul, A Herald of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley